Welcome to the medicine cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, this episode we have uh, the Patriot Brass, Steve Banky, French horn player, but uh, turned businessman, uh, uh, union enthusiast. Is that, is that not even the right word? Yeah. Enthusiast? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's a... Uh, He's very enthusiastic about what he does and like why he does this for the veterans. And he, he, he and he's really adamant about getting musicians, not just only in New York, but in general, to join with the union. He wants us to be uh, bonded together. And he sees the greater good that can come of that as far as health care and, and uh, retirement plans and all those good things. But uh, listen, like really listen to his episode, especially if you're a musician. I recommend this podcast for all artists, but this one is especially for musicians, freelance musicians. But uh, check out the episode. Let me know what you think. See you at the end. Today we have Patriot Brass Ensemble, the founder, Steve Banky. Thank you for coming out. For sure. <laughs> Thank I you, Foster. I appreciate that. That was all. That was just Lynn's. But uh, uh, today for the host, we have myself, Chris. TJ, Lindsay, Sean. Sean's back with us today, saying we're doing full family, full house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. The reason I wanted to bring Steve out here because uh, we went to school together, and uh, I heard about Patriot Brass, and then I just saw it grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, <laughs> and now it's like kind of a superpower thing. I was very amazed by that. As a musician myself, as a freelancer, uh, you just kind of took the handlebars did your own thing with it and like uh, I thought that was pretty amazing and then the last show I was playing well not the last show I was playing the last show I saw you at that I was playing uh, we were talking about the union stuff a little bit yeah and like uh, mm -hmm. I remember like when I was uh, first started freelancing people like even my teachers were like yeah don't worry about that you know it's like don't worry about the union <laughs> you, know, the end. you just get any gig you can right now mm -hmm. just get your experience up and then if you have a gig that's a union gig then you pay your dues and then you join the union but they were they didn't make it seem like it was a priority yeah and then you were kind of uh kind of just diving into that when we were when we were hanging for a <laughs> second but we're gonna get into that a little bit later mm -hmm. but uh no but, but tj was there from the beginning so like oh yeah, yeah, yeah he so, was that's the other that's very excited <laughs> yeah, i'm also like you know like just like chris uh, just being a musician and since I was there from again, just seeing it grow like that was just like mind boggling. Mm -hmm. You know, and like I'm really proud of you, you know. Yeah, man. And you done so yes, much. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve. So just for the just for the people watching that might just be getting in here have no clue. What uh real quick, what is Patriot Brass? Just give us like a good explanation. Yeah. Patriot Brass is a uh, is a non profit that is dedicated to creating a better quality of life for veterans in long term care facilities using brass and percussion. Nice. Yeah. So, like hospitals and um, mostly inpatient. Inpatient. We, we, we don't really outpatient. So anybody who's there for like two weeks to the rest of their lives, um, we focus on them. You know. Oh, wow. So, for example, in New York City, in Brooklyn, we'll go to the Brooklyn VA. We'll go to uh, some rehab places there, whether it's drug rehab or um, or or if we go to other places like um, like actual rehab for for for, um, for body industry industries like a like a spinal spinal problems, stuff like that. So we focus on people like that, and then veterans who are so old they can't live alone anymore and have no family. So we focus on these people who really need the help, who who some of them are perfectly fine. They just 
don't have any people really visiting them and the ones who do visit show up with a guitar, can't really play guitar, and then show up every week and they get really bored of that. Right. And we're really one of the only professional groups that goes in actually play for them with professional musicians, you know, put on some really amazing stuff. Because most people come in there are volunteers on piano, they sing, whatever, that's very good willed, but it's not the same as professionals. And yeah. they tell us all the time, this is one of the best things they ever had here, and they appreciate it. But it is pretty dark, too, because we got a lot of guys who try to escape like with us. They try to leave. They don't want to be there. They have guys to talk oh, to wow. in the wintertime. <laughs> they haven't been outside in three months. <laughs> you know, it, it sucks. So to go in there makes a big difference for them. Even for an hour, it, it just does have so much for them. So I, I love it, because when I want to be a musician, I was like, okay, I want to do something that actually matters to other people maybe, that maybe I can't get to it. And, and when we started this... It kind of came from a brass quintet I was doing, and uh, I talked to my town. I was like, well, what about, um, what about this uh, Memorial Day thing here? You have a ceremony, and uh, you got this really terrible choir. They sound awful. It's a bunch of vol- <laughs> they were a bunch of volunteers. They're really wonderful people. The choir's gone now. And, um, you know, and, and they would yeah, well, they, they would show up, and, and they would just sound like a bunch of, you know, just really, really bad. And the veterans right. would all be like, this sucks. You know, this, yeah, this yeah. is terrible. And the town had all the money. They just never had the, they didn't know how to hire musicians. Yeah, they didn't have the connects or what? Yeah, they had no idea. Them. And the other part was my marching band in Richfield, we would just do the best thing we knew, which was never be patriotic. So Memorial Day, we'd play like Malaguena or something, we'd show up there. And we were the only band in the parades. It's kind of weird, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, I kind of grew up, you know, it was pretty clear there's a problem here. You know, people want music, but they're not getting it, and there's money there. When's their money for music, you know? So this is something that needs to happen. So every year my brass quintet would go, and it was like, this is a great gig. People love this, really love us, they're saying thank you, and, you know, I, I can see these guys really like it. So I want to do this all the time. And then, uh, so kind of like 2008, 2009, I was like, you know, I just want to do this forever. You know, let's just do this forever. I was going to, I was going to go to, uh, Stony Brook. I had one of those, uh, I got the, uh, scholarship thing that we get paid to go there. Okay. But that means you're their bitch. <laughs> you got to be there for everything, you know? Yeah. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I mean, yeah. because, you know, you're, you're working for them. It's a very, it's a big deal to get money to go to school. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with school. Let's go to undergrad. I'm just going to put everything into, into, uh, doing Patriot Brass. And, um, and Patriot Brass kind of, uh, I, I, t- I kind of took the money I would have spent on, uh, on school and put that towards Patriot Brass. So, so it's kind of education it's always been it's always been education the whole time mm-hmm. and the other part about this though is happening at the same time my grandfather's a world war ii veteran um he we don't really know what he did in the war we know he's in the battle of bulge he lost some toes he was you know froze and he never really talked about it but he was a bugler in world war ii and um and he kind of got divorced like pretty early after he came back and I never really saw him until um, I was 16, the, the the home he was in was so terrible, they said he cannot live there, he cannot be there, he would not stay there, so he moved in with us, um, he kind of walked around um, smoking Lucky Strikes all the time, you know, um, just kind of talked to himself, but the one thing, like I'd practice horn excerpts in, in the Tchaikovsky 5, that used to be a pop song in uh, World War II, so I would play that and he would start singing, so... I found I found ways to connect with him through music, even though he wasn't all that there otherwise. Um, so uh, so I really found that music. So from those two things, music really had a big connection with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, the reason why it works for veterans so well is because veterans are one of the only populations that all have the same music in common. 
music therapy only works for people if they have a history with that music. You know, if so you play... What, what if, what's, like, the repertoire you guys are kind of pulling from? Everything. American so whoever okay. we're playing for. So, for example, like, if, if we go to the VA, if we, if we, if we go to um, the rehab place, yeah. I'll ask them who's in there right now, and they'll say the average age. So if it's Vietnam guys, we'll, we'll do some Beatles. You know, if it's newer guys, we'll, we'll do Katy Perry. You know, whatever that is. Um, and, we'll, and, and you can always play some patriotic stuff. They all have that in common. You know, but we try not to play patriotic stuff too much. This, everyone plays the patriotic stuff, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, so we try to focus sometimes, like in like in January, February, March, April, when no one's going there. Like you go December, you got people volunteering everywhere, and you show up in January, no one's no one's there to be seen. You know, mm-hmm. so we we try to focus on like non holidays mm-hmm. when we can go in there and actually make a big a bigger impact because no one else wants to go. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but the holiday, the the winter is tough though because there's so many viruses going in. They they go to lockdown a lot, so it's hard to work that out, but. Uh, that gives you an idea of what the mission is. I mean, a very, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned music therapy. I wonder, like, what are the crossovers with music therapy that you see? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I've never, I've spoken to music therapists, and um, what they do is pretty incredible. Um, all that I know is that when I find a piece of music that has some relevance to someone's life, that matters. So I just focus on that. <laughs> you know, so we're always, like, like today, we did our very first MLK Day Parade. In in our, in uh, Miami, our Miami you got one. So I had us write up uh, "We Shall Overcome," you know. That was awesome. So we were the only I think we were the only band in the parade, yeah. you know. So we played "We Shall Overcome." We, that, that was awesome. You know, people really liked yeah, that. Of that course, it of means course. a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so whenever we're doing anything, we always try to make sure that we're focusing on who are we playing for and how can we connect with them. How many different cities are you like? Is the Patriot Mass uh, in right now? Like, like seventeen. Uh, Something like that. It, it depends. I mean, there's like nine major cities with like the big ones are like Boston, New York, uh, DC, Atlanta, Orlando, Miami, Houston, Dallas. Then you have Chicago, and then we have like San Francisco, Los Angeles, and those are like the big ones. What, you what know, you want to jump from just like Chicago, <laughs> like up here, like northeast. Like, what made you say, all right, yeah, necessity? Because in the in the in the summertime, I mean, the wintertime, a lot of the work is gone in New York for outdoor. Patriotic stuff for parades is not a lot. So, for example, we just did MLK Day Parade. Of course, that's going to be in Florida because it's 70 degrees down there, mm-hmm. you know. So it works out nicely. We tend to go a lot, you know, because the way we make money for the group, instead of begging for money for donations, which we always love donations, but the, <laughs> the focus is always, for us has been earned income. So um, I realized it's much more practical to, to, to make money instead of, donations combined with earned income and I noticed that in the winter time we were getting really slow but so I, I thought okay let's try some stuff in the, in the winter time down south and so we probably get you know 75% of our income in the winter time is from the south you know so in Los Angeles all year round we do it you know San Francisco but but my especially the Miami group we did like four events this month they're busy as hell this is awesome I love it you know and that's a great way to just um have a better income stream because otherwise it's so difficult to just go from from donation donation to from foundation you know to have some kind of working budget it's really hard so so by focusing on earned income you know i think it's helped us keep moving forward although we don't make as much as i want it makes us let us survive at least Mm -hmm. so do you also have like a fundraising we do um i i just got one of our musicians to start uh doing that a little bit to focus on that so i'm kind of making giving that her that to her because i can't do anything that i'm just so busy i can't focus on that (laughs) do you do grants or anything 
that's what I try to have her do. Like, I, I got her, I got her so like a foundation center membership. I'm like, go for it. You know, like, please, you know, please help us. You know, so that would be amazing um, icing on the cake to have foundation support. And, and it's good. The problem is, is you have like these foundations, they're either for kids or for music or for like, I'm sorry, I mean, I mean but they're for like either music or veterans um, or like half the money's for kids. So you lose half that money for kids, that's fine. And, but then you have like all this other money for music stuff and you have money for, for uh, veterans, but no one really does music and veterans. There's very, very few that do that. And then they get confused because we're the only group that comes to them saying, we want to do a, music, uh, a veterans uh, arts outreach thing. And they don't have that. There's no other group like us in the country. Um, so that's kind of crazy, you know? So, so you, when you go to them, you have to really explain what's happening. Like, we get a lot of, wait a minute, so the veterans are the ones performing? No, 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 no. We have musicians <laughs> performing for the veterans. You know, and they, and they and it gets a lot of, like, so so what are the veterans doing? And, and like, it's just that they get this, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of confusion yeah. over what we do. We have professional musicians performing free concerts for veterans, but the musicians are paid. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so the musicians aren't getting paid, they're volunteering. Like, no, no, the musicians are paid, they're playing for veterans for free Yeah. while they're being paid. Well, I think I was, uh, that makes with, sense. with uh, everybody about it, is like, the level of musicianship is, is great. You know? Oh, yeah. Least, Which is, you know, I mean, so I guess, like, as a selling point, I think after people hear these groups, they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and that happens, I mean, I've been there many times where, like, you know, they're just like, you know, just overexcited. Not ready for it. They weren't ready for it. Yeah, they didn't expect and, it, you know? Yeah. As you, do you think that somebody, I don't know what your plans are for the future, but, like, you think the government would be like, wait a second, he's actually helping these veterans. You know, and they're going to be like, well, let's pick this up. Well, that would be nice. I mean, we actually were a DOD'd uh, um, part of the defense um, group. So basically, like, if you, if you want to get VA money, you can fill out this whole thing. And it's ridiculous. It's the same form that, like, Halliburton has to fill out. And it, it takes, it's like 40-something pages. There's oh, questions wow. about submarines and arms sales and all this stuff. And you got to renew it every <laughs> year. And, and, and... Every year? Every year? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why you have one, yeah. But, but the thing is, is that... I feel like it's better to say, we just don't take money from the VA, we don't take money from any of these homes, instead of fighting like hell for $200 that I could get, like, you know, we just did a gig for Goldman Sachs, and they made a $600 donation on top of the, the fee they didn't tell us about until they just gave me the check. Because they're like, oh, this is great, great mission. So I feel it's a lot easier just focus on earning money and working for it, you know, because like, I've, I've talked to so many nonprofit directors about these amazing programs, and they're... You know they have programs for kids, and, and they and every year they're struggling to figure out how they're gonna get the money because they're they're relying on three or four grants, you know, mm -hmm. state funding, and if they don't get that, the whole program goes to hell. Mm -hmm. So instead of that, I'm focusing on like 200 clients, and then building that, and then building more and more event planners, and you know we've worked for Pepsi, and we just did a thing for uh, Pedialyte. Uh, we were teaching people that Pedialyte's great for a hangover. So we so we were in it's first time ever we were in four, four time zones at one time it was amazing we were in New York we were in, we were in uh what the hell was uh, oh yeah Dallas yeah Dallas is central and we were in Phoenix and L A all at once mm -hmm. and we were playing all at once. and on New Year's Day the New York group froze we actually had um, ice. On the on the on the on the valves, he took the valves. There was ice in the instrument, so so James Rogers literally just played B flat blue uh, on because the whole thing was frozen. The whole instrument was frozen. Just go boop boop boop. You know, he had three notes to play. You know, it's a harmonic series. And we're just like, oh god. Um, 
But anyway, we do a lot of crazy stuff. You know, we did that. We did a, uh, a group for, um, what's that famous lube? Uh, lube? Which one? Yeah, the, 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 the KY. KY? No, 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 no. The um, Luke. Astroglide. Yeah, Astroglide. Right. We we did a we did an Astroglide marching band for uh, in Boston and San Diego. And we had these amazing uniforms with Astroglide um, rainbow capes, a rainbow big hat, and uh, you know tie dye shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever the musicians they contact us because we're the only ones that go out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. And um, so, but we when we take all these crazy gigs, and we then we make money from them, and that covers all the costs and everything. And then the, after we get past the cost of running the organization, then we have this money left over that we can put towards doing that, doing the veteran stuff. You know, and it's like, how do you get from Astralite to going to veterans? And it's just like, and <laughs> it's, it's all American, so man. wild, man. I mean, it's just like, but it works though. It's it's awesome. I mean, it's it, it's really hard. I mean, it's it's really difficult to make work because we're always like pushing it, you know. So we never have money because I'm always pushing to expand or to push something, you know. So we never have money, but we're always taking in money, and uh, so that's good. As long as you keep taking in money, you're okay. But it's like, holy cow, this is nuts, you know. But that's the only way you can really expand as a business is if you just keep pushing the envelope, or else you just, you know, like this group would not have existed. The fact, Ten years ago. The fact that you're so like a uh, like tooth and nail, like arm and hammer with the with the earned money. Is that why you're so into the union? Like yeah, well, the union like, stuff is is um is interesting because the union stuff comes from. Uh, so my wife is an awesome horn player, and so so she so so we are on union health insurance. You have to make a certain amount of money to to get on union health insurance. So I was like, okay, well. You know, healthcare is so difficult. It's a great plan the union has, and it's like only a few thousand dollars a year if you do that. You know, over the yeah. whole year, it's amazing for a family of four. So, um, so one way I can help is actually have us is have a is, is get union health plan money going through Patriot Brass, so that help me since I'm a volunteer director. I don't get paid as director. I'm only get paid as a musician. So one way I can help. You know, make it more affordable in the long term to Patriot Brass is to help with the union contributions, and we have so many musicians who are on the edge of making those contributions, and um, you know that that are like the Radio City um, Brass section. I think like three quarters of it were our guys. It was amazing. Like yeah, it was just great. like nuts. It was yeah. just crazy. You know, they're so good, and um, so you know, probably a, a you know a, a half of the group is already union anyway, and. Um, and it's good, you know, to try to build up a more sustainable future for musicians. So, in order to go union, you have to do a number of things. One of the, one of the major things you have to do is federal law. You have to become an employer. Becoming an employer is a huge pain in the ass. It is really, really difficult. <laughs> what steps do you have to take to like be an employer? Hmm? What extra steps do you have to take to be? Well, an I mean, you have to you you have to um, get a workers' comp policy, which is like uh, a few thousand, you know. You know, I think like uh, depends on what, what your field is. Like the government decides by the number of employees, by what you're doing, and you get it goes through a whole mathematical formula, and you talk to an insurance agent, you go it takes like a month, and you figure out how much it's going to be per month, and the, and that's by the number of full time equivalents, not the number of full time nothing. So we, we have like we're going to have 200 part time employees who are working, you know, anything between three and 20 hours a month. So and a, a full time equivalent would be 30 hours a week. So there, so the with Obamacare, it's it's gonna be whatever I think 
I forgot, this is our number of full-time equivalents. So as long as we keep our numbers below the you know, full-time equivalency, we don't have to pay into the bomb there. Full-time is 35 hours. Um, well, I, I put 30 from, for us, because I think 35 is too high. Is, uh, is too high. I think 30 is full-time. But, but that's, but that, I don't know, that's kind of weird. But, um, but that's what I put as full-time for us. Um, but, but um, yeah, but so anyway, so this whole math, there's all this stuff that comes into it. So I have to think, okay, I have 200 part-time employees who are going to work this much. As long as I keep all the numbers, we don't have to buy them all health insurance, which we could never do in, in a million years. It'll never happen. You know, and, that, and they did that. It's a really smart thing because what would happen in the past with Obamacare is that, like, you'd have these employers that would just hire all these people. You know, and they have, like, a thousand people. And they were all part-time. And he wouldn't give anyone help when he could have done the job with 40 people. You know, so by making that law, he, he, made, he, he made sure that they weren't getting away with just hiring a ton of people for a little bit of time instead of just, you know, so now more people qualify for health insurance when companies could actually afford it. Anyway, the point is, is that um, it, there's a lot to it. And um, working with ADP and all this stuff, there's a whole process too, is we have, you have payroll, you have to pay for payroll, you have to go through all the taxes and you have to, all the state stuff, and it's, it's really tough. But once yeah. you get through it though, you have musicians who are now putting into Social Security. You have musicians that are covered by workers' comp if they get hurt. <laughs> um, yeah, and so the, that stuff really matters to me. Um, when you have contractors, musicians are on their own. They, if they get hurt, they're screwed. They, the, the company has no liability for it. Um, you know, it's terrible. And I'm trying to find a way forward. I really am. And, and that's really, really important to me because... Especially now, we're going to be in 2009. We're going to hit. We started in 2009, so we're going to hit 10 years soon. So we have a lot of musicians who played with us for 10 years. So that means they're we're going to, we're going into our 30s now. Musicians have families and all this stuff. And the old model was that okay, we'll just get more young musicians. And that's like that's a that's a crappy thing to do. I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, how are you going to? You want to keep building, you know. We have musicians that are learning how to march. Like our guys had no idea how to march, no idea how to do a parade, no idea how to play for veterans. None of this stuff. Now we have all these great talents. Why would you not call them anymore and just hire young kids? It's a terrible thing to do, right. you know. So I'm hoping, yeah. It's a, you know, it's well, all it's there's a little bit of like abandoning the people. That exactly, it's it's awful, and that's what most groups have to do because they don't know how to do it. So what I want to do the union is I want the union to start focusing. On on um, on actually having on focusing on social issues, not about how much you're making making per gig, but how you're being treated, what's happening at the gig, you know, making sure that the gigs are fair, and get everyone involved in the union. Go back to becoming a social unit instead of you know becoming a becoming the man needed to fight the man. You know, less Hillary Clinton, more Bernie. That's what I was keeps telling them. You know, um, we need more Bernie Sanders style stuff in the union because that's what it was. It was about busting heads originally. They would take over buildings with like guns and and like and like <laughs> sticks and stuff. And fight the police because they were being mistreated, and that's where this comes from. Where, where when did we come from being this like from this this rebel group to becoming the man? You know what I mean? And that's we need to go back to being rebels again. We need to go back to being an activist organization. You know, and focusing on what on how do we help musicians? So one way I think we could do it is that find a way to make even like we already have like like 802 already has the lowest cost payroll anyway. Anywhere, it's amazing. It's really cheap. Out of, we, out of all, out of all the, 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 the percentage they ask for is, is way cheaper. It's, it's expensive. I, I'm w w it, payroll's really expensive, and that's one of the major reasons why most people can't become uh, an employer because the payroll. You know, we're paying three hundred dollars a month plus two dollars and ninety-five cents per check. 
I'm saying. So you put in like 200 checks, you know, mm -hmm. that, that really builds up. The union does it on a percentage basis. So it's a little cheaper for us to do ADP because not only that, we can use the whole country at once, but we can also, um, we also save a little bit in mass. So it's a little cheaper, but for everyone else, the union is cheaper. What I want to see in the union is to get even cheaper, maybe even free. And make that, uh, because that's the biggest thing holding groups back from becoming employers is payroll. Because you have to split up all that money, the taxes, state and federal, you know, benefits, all that stuff has to be done. And correctly, or else you're really screwed. So, you, it, it, it's, it's expensive, but what I think, that's what I think the union should do. The union should be in the business of helping musicians become employed and helping groups become the employers. And that, if we focus on that, instead of how much they're actually making, you know, so take a group that you know that pays fifty dollars a month. Say, fine, pay fifty dollars a month. We'll give you just get into the union. You know it's only going to cost you you know another ten you know five dollars a musician more, but that that that'll cover the taxes. You know and we'll find a way and then we should make a tiered membership system so you have like C groups, B groups, and A groups. You know what I mean? So the people paying the two hundred and whatever four hundred forty dollar uh, dues. Have to you pay that if you want to play Radio City? If you want to get those eight gauge, you got to pay two four two forty a month, uh, two forty a year in dues. Uh, yeah, but but if you're gonna play, you know, with with uh, one of these groups like two and two or you know whatever these groups, make dues twenty five dollars a year. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But at least find a way to get a group like two and two, some way make it affordable in the U. Because they are putting. All, I was on the board of two and two. No. I know that they put every single set they have in the uh, musicians. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So. You know, so they can't go to two and two and be like, oh, well, you got to pay them $200 a session now. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But we can do is say, the union goes to them and say, let's say, I want you guys to be able to at least pay musicians, you know, in, in, as an employer. So they're putting in Social Security, they're, they're, they have workers' comp, they have all this stuff. At least we have those protections and we can build it from the social, from the social safety net that everyone else enjoys as an employer, as an employee. Because you don't have that social safety net, and you get this massive tax bill at the end of the year that you may or may not cover with deductions. And uh, so that's really, you know, I'd rather see the money come out first, you know, out of your check so you never bought, you never missed it in the first place. Then you possibly can get it back at the end of the year instead of having to pay too much at the end of the year. Because you have, you know, 25, 1099s coming in. You know, it's terrible. No, so, no 1099. Oh, my goodness. So that's really what I want to see. You know, I, I want to see the union become in the business of, of focusing on no, uh, musicians' that, that, rights. That's a good idea because uh, if, if uh, these smaller groups were able, if these smaller groups were able to join uh, the union yeah. without, without any fear, of course everybody would band together. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So this way, if every musician is, is in the union, which is what it's supposed to be, and then the union would have a lot more leverage for everything. You know, even get people who are non-musicians involved in the union, because there are a lot of people who love music and want to see live, live, live music. They don't want to show up fan of the opera and wind up with, with four synth keyboards yeah. and four string players. They're getting ripped off. They're paying, you know, t ticket prices are going up and up and up, and somehow the orchestra got smaller. And, and they're making great profits. Not like they're not making profits. So the way yeah, you got to do it is you got to get all the audience involved. When the recession hit, like uh, I remember the, the, the next season mm. of all the orchestras I was with, like, oh, we're going to be doing chamber orchestra stuff. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, there's no brass this concert. Oh, yeah, this is that was straight, rough, straight, man. Straight, straight and like, uh, if you're not setting principal or system principal, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing guaranteed for you, you know? And, yeah. and like, it was a, it was a rough year for some people, you know, and myself too, saying here and there from 
some certain months, but oh my God. yeah, yeah, but like uh, when I uh, when I was uh, growing up as a young musician, I remember all the all the guys talking about how great it was, <laughs> and they said it was getting worse, you know, but like it's definitely gotten worse since since they were telling me that, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is the union has to be what the union's supposed to be, which is it's supposed to stand for the little guy. But what I think it also can be is it's it's a it's a really good vessel to get to to really get everyone who loves live music involved. So even if you know there should be an associate membership for people who are not even musicians to join, so you get all these people to show up at at, at a protest. So if if whatever shows on a cut musicians, get everyone to show up there. So, and and non musicians even better, music lovers. Everyone show up, be like, this is unacceptable. This cannot happen. I don't want to see the show if it's not going to have live musicians. If it's not going to have a full orchestra. What am I paying for here? You know what I mean? you got to get everyone involved, especially non-musicians. You know, so you can have a real rally. Instead of just relying on, you know, the 802 musicians to show up to rallies, you get everyone to show up. There used to be, like, amateur musicians were in the union back in the day. And now there's no more amateur musicians. It became like this real elitist thing. And then I've talked to a lot of the guys and they yeah. don't want that. The, 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 even the guys on top, they're like, no, I, I want to see this to be, I want this to be, you know, a, a social mission group, you know, that's really important to them. Yeah, that's why I guess the strength in numbers, mm -hmm. having the A, B, and C tiers. Yeah, there's a way be. to do something like that. Just just yeah. get a group like 2121 there and just find a way to make it affordable for them just so we can have the social safety net to be created and start from there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then you can, you know, build build over time, you know, but... I think we need to really get away from, from trying to figure out how much we're getting paid per service and figuring out how can we all come together and create a, a social, um, to make it possible, you know, with, with all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, one of the orchestras I play in, it's, I heard that it's one of the only orchestras in America that like owns their own hall. Oh, Allentown? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Allentown. So one of the only ones, man. And, 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 like yeah, it's I, crazy. and, and they've made a business out of the hall, you know, yeah. which is, uh, made the, Things work even during, say, in the slow times. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm like, uh, I wonder how more orchestras. Because I didn't know, I, I thought, I, for some reason, I thought the, the Phil and the Met owned their homes, but apparently not. No, they don't. And, and that, yeah. I'm not sure about the Met, but I know the Phil doesn't own it. But, but um, the thing, and then this goes to everything in, in our society, is that when you look at a lot of great businesses, like um, the Strand bought their, bought their building in 1997. The Strand owns their building, so they're probably going to be there forever because they dictate their own, you know, as long as they're doing okay, they can weather the times. But when you have everyone renting, you can't weather bad times because the rent doesn't go down. It's all on a lease, you know, it's not going to go down. And um, like my family like came here um, in the 1890s to Ellis Island and my grand, my great-great-grandfather didn't, or two or three, I can't remember, he, he never even spoke, he never spoke English. He came here, and then he event. By the time he died, he had like fifteen buildings in the West Village, you know, and <laughs> because he, he left from because back then Queens was really expensive, so he went to the West Village, which was really cheap, and um, and and, and we, we still have like two times, left that we help out with. The times have changed. Oh yeah, the times have changed, man, and they have, but but the fact that we own property makes it possible for me to be like, okay, you know, I have a place to live, I can risk everything for this. And if people don't own property, the most basic necessity is really hard to do anything. Right. You know, like I really wish there was a way that people could own their apartments. 
like made it affordable to own their apartments because there's it's just it, it's gonna everyone's always gonna get knocked out whenever it, good or bad they're gonna get kicked out of their neighborhood. No, you know, I, I was just talking to my brother yesterday down in Arizona, saying like what. Uh, Three, four, five bed bedrooms, three hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> fan to buy, and then like, you look at it like a, a brownstone or something like, probably two bathrooms maybe at tops, you know? Yeah. Saying like uh, <clears throat> a million, one point. Like, I know it's absolutely it's crazy. Like, what? Like, it's like, my my grandparents sold their house, and I went yeah. looking around Brooklyn and tried to buy something kind of like a one point five million dollar budget. I was like, okay, I'll buy something like a two family, three family. I wanted to like convert the whole basement, like musician, like practice rooms and everything. I was gonna try to make this whole thing. I was like, this is ridiculous. This thing is like an hour from Times Square, and it's one point five million for like two apartments. There's no way I could ever charge rent that was even remotely reasonable. <laughs> There's no way it's gonna happen. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to the Catskills. And I bought like two condos up there, and I just I rent those out. And I make some money from that, and that helps me afford the new Patriot Press. You know, um, you know, and um, yeah, the things we have to do as musicians mm -hmm. just to be musicians. You know. Yeah, and but it's it, like... and but it has to go from top to bottom the whole way. I mean, musician music groups. If you look at great nonprofits like like my church, Berkshire uh, um, um, St. Luke in the Fields. We own the whole block, so we have must be like nine houses plus this big building we just built, and so we have this amazing LGBTQ um, youth program every Saturday night. We have one of the most one of the foremost AIDS dinners every night that just ended every uh, Saturday night. I forgot what it was, and um, you know we have all these social programs and they're all paid for by the property. You know, as parishioners, we give money. But everything's paid for by the outside business. Look, like Trinity Church. That church is incredible. They own so much of lower Manhattan. People have no idea. They just send millions and millions and millions of dollars to Africa every year. Just from rent. So just you, because they own the land. So do you think it's uh, in terms of being in this country and like creating a legacy for your family that property is... You have to buy. You have to buy property. Because it's the only thing that... No matter what happens, it'll it'll still be there. Property over Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what we believe in. You never make like really fast money on it, but it's it's like the most basic thing. And if you own something like that, you can give it to your kids. You can make money on it. If you make if you get hurt, you can live there and they're not gonna kick you out. You know, um, unless somehow you don't pay your taxes for you know million years. But but. Um, it's the most basic thing, and, and, and it really makes me upset because I can see how much that's helped me to, that I've been able to just risk everything and, because I can, as I have a place to live. No, like, the thing that, that like, don't, 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 don't feel like that because uh, another thing that's great about you is uh, you provided uh, jobs for a lot of freelancers. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I, yeah. I, 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 I've walked around and heard people praise you for that, you know, and, like, uh, it's hard to find brass players who have not done a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and if you haven't, you listen to this, you probably will at some point. Yeah, it's funny. But I mean, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I've, I've wanted to make it better. Like, it, it's like, we'll take like four weeks to pay sometimes and it makes me so upset and angry because we have some musicians who, who just like don't have the money to wait four weeks. And that's ridiculous. Like... They, everyone should have savings that waiting four weeks for money shouldn't be a big deal, but it is for people. Like, they're like, I have no money. I need to go to the grocery store, you know? So I'll send people money, like, they'll, they'll send right to me. just went up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's just like, oh, my God. You know, so that's my big goal this year is to find a way to pay within one week. 
that's my big thing this year is I'm just trying not to do anything else this year and just focus on how do we get enough money in the bank that we can ride out the money waves because you have government contract you have, you have government gigs like uh, for a town that'll take two months to pay us then we'll have a gig that'll pay us two months in advance and, you know then you have guys that everything in between so how do you work out money just flying everywhere and then still pay musicians the same week. It's really difficult. You know, it's a lot easier when you have a foundation paying for one concert and you just pay musicians at the gig because they it's already paid for, you know, the like, foundation, uh, blah, blah. Like, is, is there like a company credit card though? Like, right? we, have, we have a credit card, but I mean, but, but it's still like, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, we, we, I think we're only taking like $500,000 gross this year. And it's so hard to like weather that. And as a nonprofit, you're not going to really qualify for any great lines of credit. <laughs> no, but like I know there's ways to like maneuver credit cards like mm -hmm. to, to get the, the benefits. But you can't pay musicians out of credit cards though. That's oh, what's yeah. tough, you know what I mean? So I, I can put other stuff on credit I do have a credit card that, yeah, I, that yeah. I can use to weather some storms, but yeah, yeah. but you can't pay musicians. Like, I, I have seen them, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but musicians will get paid on a prepaid card. Oh, sure. I, I saw this, and, and that's because the, whoever was booking the thing had to use a credit card. And the only way you can do it is uh, I've seen people use a credit card and then put it on the prepaid cards and hand out prepaid cards at gigs, mm -hmm. like a prepaid visa. But you can't take the money off the card, so you gotta like go to Applebee's and eat dinner. What I'm thinking right now is like, uh, you, uh, you're, you're, you're very uh, systematic type of person it seems like right and like uh and like uh things that make sense you do you know but like uh uh do you do you, do you take any of the money and like invest it in stocks or anything like that we, we, I, I just want to have enough money to like survive like each month like mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I would love to do that that that, that that's definitely that that's like creating a, a, a um a uh, what do you call it uh, oh my god i can't remember so asking number it's called a uh endowment yeah, you know, that's yeah. what we eventually need an endowment. My first priority, though, is to find a way we have enough money on cash on hand so we can pay musicians the same week. Because yeah. musicians don't have enough money to survive, to, to, you know, week to week, so we got to do that first. But if that's, you know, t you know, five, ten years on the road, start creating an endowment would be an incredible thing. Um, Columbus Symphony just, just got a, just got a 25 million, 11 million, 25 million dollar, whatever, I can't remember what it was. 25 uh, million. Well, something like that, some, <laughs> some huge number from, from one of their senior board members, uh, and it's all going towards their endowment. And that's a big deal, because now yeah. you have that money coming in every single year, you know, that they just come in there to help with whatever. And that's a big deal, you know, and uh, so I'd love to do that. Um, now during the, uh, during the recession, where the orchards I play oh, with, oh man, those endowments, man, they got, they, oh. got, they got like a couple million. They're, like, like I said it before, like we would chamber orchestras one year, mm. and then things were back to normal all of a sudden, <laughs> and it was like somebody had passed away and like left left us some money. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's was, there's they, been, help, they help, yeah, for sure. We we had a guy who once I was like, we're ten thousand dollars in the hole, and I was like, and this was like in the third year, and I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And the guy's like, oh, I'll cover it. Like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> so he put it on his credit card. He made a donation. And I was like, this is insane. Uh. You know, what's up? Hmm? Yeah, and what's a call? What's a call? Uh, and like, uh... you know, so what, what? You know, there are these people that come around, and they're they're like these these angels that like save you. You know, because uh, I'm always so aggressive with the with the nonprofit that like it's really tough. How long, wait, how long did you know this person for? A year. A year. But but this person was really into the mission, like it was. He, so so he had family members that were veterans. Oh, this person was a veteran. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> and okay. um, yeah, so, so this person knew us. You I was know, like, did this really just fall in your lap? Like, no, I mean, I knew for the guy for a year, and he was like, I was like, I'll do. I was like, man, because most people, I mean, I, I don't expect a lot from the people. You know, like like to get help on the board. It's great. People donate on the board. We all donate what we can. But that was like that was huge. You know, and that and that. And there's always been, like, my family's always helped out. They always make big donations to help out with whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how we keep pushing it. And that's what it comes from. You look at any, even big companies. You look at Stonyfield Farms and all these companies, you know, they, they just get, like, they keep getting rescued left and right by whatever family member has some money. So when you think about, like, inequality in the country, you know, that look at this. Look at this. I mean, like, yeah. you can see it. I've lived it. You, you, you see, like, okay, if, if my family didn't have money, even though we're, we're probably, like, we were middle class, now we're upper middle class, just because I think the bar went down. You yeah, know, I, th- I think we got pushed up, you know, we didn't make more money, but but yeah. now that we're upper middle class, you know, you can see that, okay, we can weather storms, you know, if something goes wrong, oh, just take something out of savings. Just take something out of this. Oh, we'll be okay, you know? So how do you expect people who come here with no money or, or, or have, you know, come from bad places, or, I mean, not a bad place, but, you know, come from disadvantaged places, and how do you expect them to, to start a business and do all this stuff? Because the guys that do start the business aren't geniuses. We're just ones keep getting saved. Okay. <laughs> you know let's what I mean? Back. Let's go back then. Let's, um, how, how did Patriot Brass start? <laughs> Patriot Brass started by, by um, part, my, my family made a big donation. They're like, okay, well, if you're not going to do a master's, you just, okay, let's put that money towards starting Pedro Brass. You know, mm-hmm. so you push that out there. And then organically, I was like, okay, well, I need more money. Um, these guys keep asking us for marching bands. We don't have any uniforms, so I better just buy some uniforms yeah, somehow. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like, uh, like when I was going to music school, like, uh, like uh, when I was in school in Boston, and like uh, the, when I was in school in Boston, like everybody at this, particular school was like going to be a musician you know and then I came to New York saying this one school I was at like uh, uh, a lot of kids from my uh, studio were like they quit bass and they have other jobs and not music jobs I'm talking about like lawyers like yeah. other total shit you know and like uh, I'm like damn I have to do this music because I don't have enough money to get like uh, to get a, a, a to become a doctor right now, to become a lawyer, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, like, that's part of the reason why I stuck with the music. This this right here is the first time I've ever ventured out on my own, like, like with the podcast, mm-hmm. you know? like, And it's like, and this is just to talk and get information anyway. It's not even a lucrative type of thing like that, but, but it's the first time I decided to, like, take time away from something that is not music, you know? Yeah. And just try something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because I was scared financially, you know? Yeah. So what you're saying is saying ring yeah. some truth in my ear. Absolutely. I mean, but then you, I mean, you have you know people who come from nothing and they make great things, but you know it's that's really hard and it's not fair that people have to do that, you know. And the most basic thing we should have in society is the ability to get an education. You know, that's the most basic thing we should all be able to get educated so we can do something. If you tell the American dream, you know, by putting you know healthcare on the backs of employers. Is that really pushing the American dream? What What's more important, health care or, or education? The, both those things are important. You can't, there's basic things you have to have. Oh, yeah. You know, that, right. okay, if you have money, you can get those things. Yeah, yeah. But those should not be things that employers should be, should have to worry about. Employers should not have to worry about, 
how am I going to find talented people that know what to do for my thing? That they should, that it should be something that the, that that people should be able to come there knowing already how to do. And that's going to take job training. That's the government providing the education, you know, because a lot of people don't have the money to pay for that education. And the same thing goes for healthcare. You should be universal healthcare. This way, you can have people just focus on business. Focus on doing amazing things. Why are we worrying about healthcare? Why are we putting the healthcare on the backs of people who are making jobs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to play like a little saying, DA, like devil's advocate, let's go. One of my boys, like, uh, we're talking about like taxes and stuff like mm. that. He's like, Chris, man, like, like, why do you want to take my money? You know, like, and like, this is my boy from second grade, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, of course, I can't get mad at him, mm -hmm. you know? But like... In terms of what, like? Because he could... Of uh, uh, health... Like taxes? Or just taxes in general. Mm -hmm. Like, taxes, he, yeah, he, yeah, prefer, yeah. he prefers lower taxes. And, 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 and I'm more on your mind path of uh, helping, you know? Yeah. What's that? Like, well, like... Maybe that's the way I'm phrasing it, which probably sounds wrong right now. But like, like, like helping others, but like spreading out and uh, 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 making the pl the playing field even. Yeah, I mean, it, you know. why? That's, it pisses me off. Like, why is it on the backs of businesses to give health care to people? You know, most most of us are, are you know, these are expensive plans, <clears throat> and businesses are fighting left and by themselves for health care. I think behind that bigger the DA devil's advocate question is why is it on the backbone? Of anyone, yeah, any any individual person, it's, to it's so big. For anybody, yeah, exactly. You're paying me as a service, yeah, which is like you know, I yeah, think that's the the, and they have the behind the why do you want to take my money? And yeah, then, you know, yeah, and I think once yeah. people under get the idea of put it behind a business owner's idea, yeah, of the business owner is in charge of the healthcare. What that makes no sense when you think of the American dream. Why is people who own businesses in charge of getting healthcare? This should be something that. That, that should be provided so you can create a business, you can create art, you can create, you know, an amazing company and not have to worry about one-third of your budget coming from the healthcare. And that's from the union, you say? Oh, yeah, so we have the union, we have the union plan, and that's the, that's the big thing. Because I, like, I had to... Through Patriot Brass? No, through, through the union. So the union provides healthcare, so, okay. and that's a great example. So all these groups can all come together, and so like I was saying, with the two-on-two, you can, you can have to say, okay, well, two-on-two is going to put three dollars into the plan. At least that's three dollars. If they do a whole bunch of gigs, they'll put more. And, and, and you know, and, and all these different gigs are all putting in a little bit of money into that healthcare plan that the union has, that's better. You know what I mean? So Patriot Brass is going to put thirty dollars, which is about the same of what like Lion King and all those other gigs do, which is awesome. I'm really pumped about that. But even if we had gigs that were just putting a little bit of money in each one of those times, that will add up over time because they have to make those minimums to plot to be on the healthcare plan or else, or else the healthcare plan will fall apart. You know, because you have to have the money in there. You know, so finding creative ways to get all that money into that same health plan for all musicians is critical. And it's a great plan. Now, it's a really good plan. That, 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 that's so crazy because uh, it is a good plan. But at no point, are you, uh, it sounds like you're asking for a handout, you know, also. <laughs> no, seriously, and yeah. which, which is great. And like, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, it uh, I think this is the second or third time you've explained it, and now I think I'm really trying. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not like... I'm starting to get it. I'm really, it's starting to say it to me now. <laughs> no, but no, no. I don't know what I'm talking about. It, it, it seems like it's something that could... Yeah, I mean, team. I, I'm just trying to think of right now, I'm trying to think of uh, 
how could like uh, the employer find a way to uh, be selfish with that for himself? And I can't figure out a way right now. What do you mean, like, oh, because because they'd be paying more money. Because, why would they want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the I mean, because well, look, here's the thing: is a lot of the groups are run by musicians. So like, I love when like I was negotiate. We, we did like twenty something hours of negotiations, creating the Patriot Brass CBA. Um, and that that CBA is a combination what's, of what's uh, collective bargaining agreement, and that's like the the that's the rules of the road for Patriot Brass and Local Eight Hundred Two, and. What's really funny about this, there's never been a group like us ever in the union. So we had to take CBAs from like Broadway, from orchestras, from all this other stuff, put it all together and then write our own stuff and make this whole thing and then get it approved by the, by the, by the uh, union board. And, and we spent so much time like arguing about the, the, the pay rate. And I'm like, this is the rate I'm paying myself. I mean, I'm paying my, I want to pay myself more money. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not trying to to try to just to get myself out of money. You know what I mean? Like, there's the, the, the worst thing I've seen like as of late is the people that collect the instruments mm -hmm. and like they put them in museums, like these strands. You can't even play the, these instruments. Oh yeah, they're there. Yeah, they're, they're And then done. they just keep on becoming more and more expensive and more and more valuable. And like these luthi, not not the luthiers, but like uh, the the ones that are selling instruments, like like they they raise the price every like. When I was growing up, a bow was like two thousand dollars for like a top of the line bow. Yeah. For a baseball, and like mm -hmm. now, and like it's like nine thousand, ten, twelve, for the same bow. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like out of control. It's like, yeah. Whenever things go above the inflation rate, like, those, what the hell's going and on? Those are musicians, like yeah, not trying to help out. It's like what is up it's, with that? It's absolutely crazy. Bassoon players dealing with forty thousand dollars instruments, like it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The trombone gets all easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Trombone's like a couple thousand. Well, yeah, it was a mass-produced instrument. You yeah. know, you can't, you know, you, they can't mass-produce good bows, you know. You, it's a handmade thing. That's so crazy. You know, but... Um, playing like a house, bro. Like, you're playing like a... <laughs> I got a house in my room. I mean, you're also, you bring up a lot of points about how, like, there's a lot of things that end up falling on employers that would actually make more sense to fall on a the union. The government. Yeah, um, because the union. the union is more associated with the government, and the government is requiring an employer mm -hmm. to do all of these things. Yeah, it's like employer union it, government, which then assumes like you know, like every time, uh, like the minimum wage goes up, you know, it's not like the actual organization necessarily is going to have more money to a lot, so it, it's always <laughs> going back to the budget. Like so, yeah. So for something like a non non for profit, which doesn't usually have a lot of money yeah um or at least consistently mm -hmm. you know that's that's a constant challenge yeah so and it, it's only getting worse and worse as things i know it's tough and mm -hmm. and the, the basic needs of musicians i think Wall we can Street. we can find a way to, to make have people push into the social safety net of the government so at least we have might put money in the social security because you we're only going to get social security what we put into it yeah. You know what I mean? So for musicians, for contracts, we're not going to get much when we yeah, get old. Quick question. You said you had like uh, 17 big cities or different cities. Uh, we're in New York. We're in the belly of the beast. Yeah. So like, are they are they, are they they crying like us down in Miami? Of course. Everyone is. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy. DC, Chicago? Yeah, it's all the same, man. It's everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's like different. I, like I never freelanced over there. I don't no, know. No, I, I mean like... Know. It's interesting, like, there's different, like, um, because people rent, do it differently in different cities. Rent, rent, rent is crazy over But here. there's less work and it pays less, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. So, I mean, it so is. it's all it's all relative. It's ridiculous, you know? And, um, you know, and that's why it's so hard in New York 
from people who aren't making as much as the guys on the top because the guys on the top are barely making it, you know. So how do you, you, mean you know, the, you mean the girls at the top <laughs> playing SNL, playing, playing all the cool. TV shit, you know? That's what awesome, you know. But no, um, the guys, you know, no, it's amazing. Yeah, that, that's shout, the, out, shout out to the girls. But that's oh, all. Yeah, that's yeah. all union, and that's that all keeps pushing in the silk states in that. <laughs> And I want to see it all in there. I want to see everything going in there, so in some way we all put into it, you know. And uh, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, I know. It's a bunch of people doing SNL stuff. It's awesome. No, yeah, I be like, I, I be seeing like, like all the girls, man. Like, cause I, the, the, the thing about it, it's all good in a way because like, <laughs> no, no, like, 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 like back in the day, like back in the day, the first, the, the first, uh, the first curtain audition. The reasons for the curtain auditions. It's because it was like very sexist. Like women wasn't really getting a chance in the in the orchestral string world, you know, well, just orchestral in general. Mm -hmm. And then like now, if you look on TV, when you look at these string gigs, it's all women, you know. And like I'm just jealous of it. I'm not mad at it, you know. Well, it's you know? interesting. Like you're talking about something like because Patriot Brass, we have this stuff. We will get requests for like. If we do like Jewish events, for example, they want separated groups. So what I'll do is I'll have they like, want, like they want separate. They don't want mixed sex um, groups. Yeah, yeah. So what I'll do is we'll have like these like all males. <laughs> I yeah. thought you said segregated. Groups. I was like, oh, like, you're like, <laughs> Jewish. Your Jewish partner uh, just wants segregated I, groups. I thought I thought the same shit. I'm like, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> And what I'll do is, I'll, if we do like a gig that doesn't matter, I'll have an all-female group going. Just because to make up for the fact that we had like four all-male groups for these Jewish gigs, and we'll have like one all-female group for the Jewish gigs, I'll have like, I'll, I'll try to even it out for my personal conscience, <laughs> conscience, and actually have girls going for other stuff just to make sure that everyone's getting the right amount of stuff, so this way we can follow some religious Have norms and different tracked, things. Just as like uh, like a weird experiment, what is the demand for those kind of things? Like, what do you mean? Are, like, like, do certain groups ask for female groups? Certain ones ask. Yeah, for I mean, especially groups? in LA, we be getting the like, usual, uh, what's the demographic? Like, what's the usual thing that you're seeing right now? Who asks for what? You know. Well, I mean, the the, the Jewish stuff is always going to be, you know, as well as I can remember, I think it's going to be forever, pretty much forever, you know, separated sexes, you know, yeah. but. In New York, we don't get a ton of that stuff. It's L.A. where you start getting, like, TV shows where they're like, okay, we want a group that looks like America. We don't want yeah. a group that looks like a certain... Where you want you want someone to watch this group and be like, okay, that person's looking at me. I can, I can be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's important. Like, um, I don't know if you saw... I, I did this post about skiing um, and how skiing is, like, the whitest sport, you know? He's a big and, skier, guys. Go yeah, ski. I love skiing. It's my only thing. I don't <laughs> go on vacations at all. Specifically, probably, right? <laughs> I, you know, I do uh, downhill. I go in the woods and stuff. It's really I was fun. just saying, probably the whitest version of it would be. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's probably the next level stuff It's the there. type that I've done. Oh, yeah? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and, and, and even, even, um, even um, sexism and skiing is a problem. We still have, like, only, think, 25% of women... Participating with 75% of men participating, we're still like way down, you know, but when you have a sport that There has never been a person of color to ever make the US ski team in 50 years Oh wow! And there have been only been a dozen people who've ever even gotten medals in the whole world in the, in the Winter Olympics That's insane mm -hmm. and There are mountains along the whole I-95 corridor You got DC, Baltimore, Philadelphia, you know, New York, New York, Boston, all those cities how is it that we have so few people who aren't white? 
Do the numbers change with snowboarding. Because it's expensive? <laughs> I know, and, th- and that's, 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 a, that's a big part <laughs> of it. You can't just grab a basketball. But I mean, we gotta think about these gold medals. He's snowboarding, right. snowboarding's <laughs> helping. Snowboarding is helping. Um, Look at bringing people change into the sport. <laughs> the girl just won though. What's the what's the black girl that just won the the skating? The, yeah, the speed skating. That's the what brought this up. She just started. Yeah, no. What's her name? I can't remember, but she just started. But that's a sport that you can do that. Now, yeah. There are a few winter sports that are indoors because the first first black girl ever ever anything American Olympics was a, a figure skater. And that, so that means you have an indoor place. So if you go to a city and, and you're a person of color or, or whoever, you are especially economically disadvantaged, you have a much better chance of doing that sport, but you don't got to travel two hours to get there. Right. You know what I mean? So it's really expensive. So that's one of my big things is you want to find a way so everyone can do it. Because skiing is not going to survive unless everyone feels welcomed. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all it is. I said this on the last season. I'm not sure if I said it in the last it's season, no but uh, I, I, I wanted to do this with uh, the same concept with the, is it fish? Is it, yeah, fish concerts. <laughs> what? No, what are you talking about? Fish, fish <laughs> no, is not going to survive. No, listen. They're, they're fine, Chris. They don't, <laughs> need, no, they don't need people of color. I just said people of color don't really go to those things. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, bro. But we need to raise money so people of color can go. Experience no, because when I talk to these fish motherfuckers, they be mad excited, and like I feel like Chris, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. <laughs> I want to share. It's, it's really funny. funny. You see oh, the parallels, though, right? Like, like, oh no, it's it's a whole it's a whole uh, thing. Like uh, I, have, I have friends that have had the means to do for years, and they're still like, I don't know, it's really for me. You know, like I'm like, no, go out, go out, man. I'll get you up there. You know, yeah, so a couple times fish. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, that's one of the big things, too. Uh, you know, I, I, want, I want to see that. Now, now, to be honest, speaking of going to fish, like, that's how I got into fishing. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure what He's fish is. Like, fish. No, I got I to check this out. No, fish the band. The band. Yeah, I, I know it's a band called Fish. That's all I know, though. Oh, I don't no. know what they sound like or anything. But like, I just know they're called like Fish. Like, but like you're white. Right, you don't like fish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait a second. Like, this is a very comfortable topic for you. I don't even know what fish is. Oh, wow. This is crazy. I'm just kidding. Jeff like, they're like, a very famous jam band with a huge, huge following. It's like a insane. cult following. Yeah, I know. I heard about them. Like yeah. in the okay. garden, right? They well, had like a thing in the garden, right? Every, yeah. They did 13 like days, 13 days nights. They were sponsored yeah. by this donut company. They had they're like yes. different yeah. donuts every day. It's like some crazy. They might be as big as Bruce Springsteen. They had Ben Jerry's in the 90s. Oh, wow. Ben and Jerry's yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah. 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 I'm not so sure they're as big as the boss, but... They kind of like took over the Grateful Dead scene. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I'm gonna check it out when I get home. Speaking of which, in terms of music, can you please elaborate your your deepest feelings about drum corps? <laughs> drum corps. You did speak about this earlier. Oh man. So drum, drum corps is the other thing I grew up with. Like Patriot Brass is interesting because Patriot Brass kind of came from like all these crazy things I did growing up, kind of all going together. I think we all kind of do that. You know, we all kind of grow up. We all kind of. We don't realize what we were educated to until until we're doing what we're doing, right. you know. So so drum corps. I grew up doing fife and drum corps and drum doom corps, like the whole thing. Like I grew up like age eight, I was playing fife. You know, like fife was the first thing I learned. I did that and like reenactments. We go before you know, horn. What? Can yeah, before horn. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. That, yeah. The, yeah, so fife is like a it's like a little little uh, flute that you, that you use for signaling people right. uh, to do things, and um, it was used in the Revolutionary War. It's, it goes all the way back to the is it, 1600s. Is it a thing that's used in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. In what? Yes, 
Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Isn't oh, that? Like that? He's calling up all He's like, that's just a that's a whistle, man. That's not a fight. A fife has a bigger bore than a whistle does. And wait, that makes it sure it's louder. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. And so drum corps comes from this thing, this history of like musicians fighting with, with alongside soldiers and giving them signals. So you'd have the drum corps. And then after the Civil War, it, kind of, it kind of became more and more obsolete as a signaling thing. And the French used sig- uh, bugles all the way till like Vietnam. It's pretty dangerous, right? I mean, yeah, musicians were shot at because you were the signal guy. So like you were paid a lot more, but you were being shot at constantly. And, the, and this is the biggest bullshit thing ever. What is the bullshit? <laughs> is that, the bullshit is that they give you a sword, this fucking sword, because this long, okay? Right. It's called the short mission sword sword. That's all you get? The guy the guy going at you has a bayonet on his <laughs> thing, okay? Yeah. The, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's say the mission sword sword, a bunch of arms is 12 feet. The guy with the bayonet has 14 feet. How's that going to protect you? <laughs> it's just, not going to protect you. You know what I mean? Like, sword. why couldn't they give me just the bigger sword? Like, give me the bigger sword. I want to fight. You know what I mean? Run after me. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, man. It's such bullshit. But, um... Anyway, so the drum corps, they became like this, this community thing, and then like they became this really formal thing, and then, and then uh, I, I did it growing up where you'd like make these like field shows, and it comes all from like, you know, from like, veterans used to watch it, and to do all this stuff, but, and but, uh, you know, you travel the country doing this stuff, all these brass players do it, it's really fun, now it's become this whole art, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it keeps evolving and it loses more and more of its history, but it keeps evolving and it comes from a history of evolution, so, but anyway, but, but drum corps is awesome because like, it's something that you, you did as a kid with a whole bunch of other people. You travel the country and you and you play this really loud music and you march around. It's really kind of weird. Like you pay to do this too, and uh, mm. yeah, it, it's really fun. And like I did became, that too. Okay, wait, maybe I missed this. You might have said it. It became separate from. When there's a whole history of this that can go on for hours, oh, but basically, wait, <laughs> were you traveling around? And doing competing. this at like competing against other drum corps around the country. What about at like uh, reenactments? Well, what? Um, well it goes back to that because uh, because the group in the reenactment that's giving the signals is called the drum corps. But like I said, after the Civil War, drum corps became you didn't really need them anymore because you there there more and more other ways to communicate that you didn't use music anymore. So the musicians started doing other stuff and you had these drum corps that had all these people that were in the military, so they started their own groups, you know, and they that was a, playing for veterans. Yeah, it, well, exactly. That, that's a big part of it, is that Susan? this is a this is a big thing. Susan, exactly. He was a veteran. You know and this is this is actually one of the bigger things on Patriot Brass is you have this in the United States, if you want to be a group, you have to now have all this insurance, you have to have all this stuff to be a group. So when you used to have these mom and pop groups. Just to live, you know? It's like yeah, crazy. you had these mom and pop groups that would go out there and, you know, and they would have the kids go out from the local community church, wherever they're sponsored by the church, whatever, and it was something kids would do. So in New York City, you had dozens and dozens of drum corps in communities all over the place. The kids would get together, have fun, play, go on a trip. And it kept getting more and more expensive. And, and then you get less and less civic engagement. People aren't getting together anymore. They're not, they're, they're, they're staying online, they're not going outside, you know, so you don't have the elks, you don't have the lions, you don't have all these groups that are getting together anymore. So the civic engagement part is also going down. So Patriot Brass, from when I marched in 2000, I have seen almost every drum corps, every group, they're almost all gone. They're almost all gone. Wow. So the group gigs we're playing were, were just filled out by kids and, and, adult, and amateur adults playing this stuff. But because we've had such a, 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 um, a, uh, a desecration of the whole civic scene of musicians who would play for like a fire department and have a band, 
all the firefighters would, would volunteer to play in the drum corps or band, whoever it is, you'd have firefighters playing music in their own band. But now firefighters are still required to have the bands in the competition, so they hire all these bands. We've done some of these parades, they're crazy. Oh, yeah, you know, we, we do so many. Yeah, well, they still are required, but the, the firefighters don't have the drum corps in because one, one, who, what, what firefighters have to practice two or three times a week? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but back then, firefighters nothing people nothing to do in towns. Everyone get together, let's play it's some like music. A community thing. Like, yeah, it was a community thing. You know what I mean? So. So they need to start having block parties again. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> we're still having them, but people aren't aren't that we don't have people spending a lifetime learning these instruments, getting involved. People would be in these drum corps for 30, 40, 50 years of their life. Wow. They spent their whole life playing in the drum corps. Now the same, you know? the same thing happened in the black church with the organ, you know? Yeah. Saying like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, these guys were playing for 30, 40, 50 years, and then that didn't really pass the knowledge on, mm -hmm. or didn't have the need to, you know? So it kind of died out, and now there's a big, same thing with tap dancing too. It's like, yeah, there's a lot. There's so, right now, there's so much know? where we're losing our sleep engagement, yeah. and we're not getting involved. So what Patriot Brass I want to be is like, I want musicians at all kinds of veterans events. Because it sucks to show up at an event, the guy's a tape player, and they do this, and they play it. And that's what a lot of the events that we were at used to do. Like, the little lady shows up with her tape player, she puts the cassette in, and it plays America the Beautiful. And that's bullshit when that's the one day of the year that you know, Veterans Day is supposed to be honored, and you got a tape player playing. You know, why can't you get three musicians to show up? You know, and that's me. We'll just have three guys show up, you know, two, a trumpet, a trombone, and a drummer, and we'll just play. And it makes all the difference. We only play 10, 15 minutes, but it makes all the difference to have live people there. You, you know what I mean? This epidemic, I mean, it's happening all over because of technology, of course. Mm -hmm. Like, where do you see, like, what do you think the state of the music scene is going to be in the next five to ten years. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, <laughs> things have changed so much in the last. I know, I know, it's crazy. Years. I mean, like, are we all just going to be replaced by like robots? Like projecting, no. like high, uh, auto tune. What's the Coachella? The, the not higher, but uh, holograms. Are we just going to be holograms? I mean, that's up to us. I think. I mean, because like the reason why Patriot Brass works is because I found something that no one else is doing, and those are the best businesses. I've always done this my whole life. Like. The reason why I play the horn, and, and this is this is great. So I gotta tell you guys about this. This is like my favorite stories. Okay, this is like, so I, I picked the trumpet because I wanted to get out of class, and I figured, I heard that if you if you join the band, you have to have a lesson. So you gotta pull out of class to have a lesson. We didn't have learning instrument day, so he showed me a picture of all the instruments. Like which one do you want? I'm like I don't even know what this thing sounds like. I don't know what this is. The trumpet had three buttons. I'll go with that one. I don't want to do a lot. So I was always the worst guy in the class. You know, I sucked at the trumpet for like three years. I sucked it up. And I got a little better, but then like eighth grade came around. And there was like a million trumpets. And like, it sucks. There's like, there's like 12 trumpets. Well, what am I going to do here? You know, so. And then there was this, this girl I liked playing the horn. And she was the only one playing the horn. She didn't know by herself. I'm like, well, can I play the horn? I, I mean, got you. I mean, like, so. And she was like a senior. So I don't have really any shot of that. But, but I was just like, huh. Look at that, that's a cool instrument. No one else is doing that. I, and she's gonna be gone next year anyway. So I'll be able to, I'll, I'll be my, it's all by myself in this nice little island by myself. Yeah. I'm not worried about the trumpets anymore. Yeah, yeah, when I was in high school, the reason I joined the choir, they were like, yo, we're going to Bush Garden. I'm like, say word. I'm like, <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Me and the whole squad signed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I play the horn. It's amazing. It's like, because yeah. I still didn't want to be around the people. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm fighting all those troubles. And the horn is all the solos. You know? Solos, yeah. all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> then I married a horn player. Too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Audrey. Was, was, she, was it her? Then? No, no. She is the scene. Oh, God. But, um,. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always think that story's crazy. I'm like, that's why I picked the horn. I'm like, jeez. Yeah. So, 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 like, uh, so, like, <laughs> so, so, what's next for uh, Patriot Brass? Like, what's like, what's the, what's the end goal? The end goal is to oh, very easy. It's to play at every veteran's home annually. Every so at every every, every state home. every state and federal Once home in the country annually. Boom. That's a nice. So, um, so from Alaska to Miami. So there's like three to four hundred of them. Chicago, Well, I mean, there's uh, it, it's pretty crazy because you're talking stuff in Alaska, you're talking hey, stuff in Hawaii. Tallahassee. Get the RV, Patriot RV, <laughs> <laughs> Patriot RV. And, and I've been running the numbers, and this I made a decision like eight years ago. I was like, you know what? It's gonna be a lot more expensive. Maybe six years ago, it's gonna be a lot more expensive to have one group on the road than to just hire local musicians. So why not just Instead of having people coach. That's the Bozo the Clown method, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, okay, because when Bozo the Clown first came out... I've never heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about this. No, 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 when Bozo yeah. the Clown first came out, it was a huge hit. And Bozo couldn't go from fucking... Fucking from Boston to L.A. Yeah. To Chicago to Detroit to Texas. So they started making all these different Bozos, you know? <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. We're doing the Bozo the Clown method, man. Yeah, exactly. No, I think he was like one of the first people to do that. They teach this in business school. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's like it's way cheaper to do this. You know, you don't put, you know, and it sucks. Who wants to live on the road for 300 days a year? It sucks. It's terrible. I mean, it's cool like 20 days. But like 21 days, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna get home, you know. So, so now when the idea is that okay, the LA group is gonna go on the road for 10 days. The Alaska group is gonna go on the road for three days. The Hawaii group will go fly around. You know, we also have a big thing of mine is that if you go to like the U.S. territories, you have some of the highest rates of, of military service there because it's the only way off the island. Because there's such poverty in these U.S. territories, the only way you're leaving that island is if you and, and if you have no money if if you sign up for the military service. Oh wow! So not only you know you do that, but you also get a, a you also get a college education. Well, like in Guam or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my goal is I also want to get uh, us to start doing trips to Guam and all these. American territories, you know, even like a place like Puerto Rico, that um, you, you have a veterans home there. What, I want to get the group there as well. And we can actually yeah. hire musicians. I know, I know I'm Puerto Rican musicians, so I want to do that one day. Let's have that happen there. But a place like Guam, um, going to a place like, uh, there's a place in Alaska that I really want to go to. This place has one of the only units that had no casualties in Vietnam. Because these guys like, grew up in the in like the woods or whatever in Alaska, and these guys were like just amazing. So when they went to the 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 uh, the, the, the jungles of Vietnam, they were this incredible unit. They they felt they fought incredibly. They just were incredible, and they're in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. They're they're like five hours from anybody, you know. Yeah. So I want to get like a like a caravan and just go out there and play a concert and just play a patriotic concert to thank them for their service, you know, even though they were forced in the service, but yeah. to thank them for their service. And just go out there and do something amazing. And that's what I want to do is finally eventually get like, and this is where foundations come in. Find foundational grants for big projects like that. To go out to Guam, to go out to Alaska, to go to these amazing places where there's veterans who haven't even seen really other people in 30 years. Mm -hmm. But they're veterans. 
And that would be incredible, an incredible yeah. project to go out there yeah. and do something for them, really make them feel like, okay, they're not forgetting. So you got to go to that cool part of life. Oh, you got to go there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, just not going to do that, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I was about to just touch on. Like, uh, you're such a giving person, you know? Like, throughout the whole interview, saying you've been talking about giving, 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 like, very rarely about self, you know? And like uh, that type of guy. You know? Yeah, no, no, and Jersey strong. Yeah, grew up in Jersey. Not, yeah. And that's an amazing thing. And like you even spoke about, like, damn, my family was able to help me out. How can I give more? You know, and like uh, you don't meet people like that. You know, and like, oh. and to be honest, like uh, I've been doing an observation, and like we're only like what fourteen episodes deep. You know, and like, uh, and like uh, all the males that I'm not all the males, but like a majority of the males that come on this show everybody I invite on this show is a fucking boss you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and like uh, but like the male bosses are usually like I'm bossing doing my own thing over here you know what I'm saying <laughs> but like it's, but the women usually like come on this show like they're bossing but like they, they're helping people they're feeding they're putting they're putting Mouths and I'm mean, fooling. They're paying the rent for other people mm -hmm. here. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, and like uh, it's uh, it's very not rare. I'm not I'm not even gonna say it's maybe it's fifty fifty saying, but I just notice it with the majority of the women compared to the men. But like, yeah, you you're doing just that. Oh, thanks, man. And that's I mean, the and it's amazing thing. And we didn't get a chance we get to like your what's it called your your major like influences, but like. <laughs> But, like, I'm curious to know, like, uh, what advice, like, what medicine do you have to give to audience? Like, what's that battery in the, say, in your back that gives you the energizer? Like, do it what, is, what is that elixir? What is that pill you take that do, gets you, you that strength? You need to another metaphor? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's that like? Yeah, man. I think you should do it for an inherently selfish reason. If you find a selfish reason to help people, you're not going to stop doing it. Hmm. Ooh. Well, I like Ooh. that. Because like, people, like, because people, like, because people like burn out. Wait, you know what I mean? Like, wait, 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 wait. fuck you. I'm actually wait, just selfish. Wait, wait, wait. Slowly explain that, medicine. Like a narcissistic altruism? Well, yeah, I mean, like, people burn out because they give, 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 and they can't give anymore. Yeah. But if you find a way to make it inherently selfish to help other people, you're never going to burn out. So you pick a good uh, You know what I mean? So like... Are you going to share us? So, so for us being... For, so for, for Patriot Brass never had to join the union. But it helps me because I'm going to now have more money going into the union health plan. So that helps me, but it also helps other people. You know what I mean? So if I focus on what I can do for myself that will also help other people, I'm not going to burn out. Yeah, that's Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's really hard, man. People I get can so take that screwed. Pill. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can take that I'll pill, too. That, that was a good chance. Yeah, no, yeah. Shit. But you know, I gotta tell you one thing, though, about, uh, you know, Mark Gould, right? Oh, oh shout yeah. out to Mark Gould. Yeah, Mark Gould, the OG. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I never met him. Said, like, uh, there's a trumpet player I grew up with. I didn't grow up with him. I went to undergrad with him. And, like, uh, he's from Texas. He quit. Maybe some of my friends might figure out what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, but like uh, he would talk about Mark Gould all the time. And, I, and then when I finally got on Facebook, I started following Mark Gould. And he's one of my favorite people. He's always <laughs> no, dropping, he's crazy. dropping knowledge, I love it. taking the best pictures, everything. Pop star. I was his assistant for a year. Oh, my God. So what, what I got out of it was like, what's hilarious is that I was pushing all this stuff. Let's do this, this, and this. He's like, nah. And I was pushing all this stuff. 
But, I, but then I was like, oh, well, I don't know if we can do this. And I was always like scared to do things. And he's such a master of like breaking rules and like ha pushing people exactly, exactly. and stuff. Like he pushed like institutions, like break rules and be like, yeah, just, just do it. We can do it. We can get away with it. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> you know? And, and that really helped me in Patriot Brass. Because I got nothing else out of school to help Patriot Brass. But for Mark Old, showing me that, okay, man, can break the rule a little about this. We can push this a little bit. Just don't worry about it. Because I was always so scared of doing anything. Of like getting like in trouble for whatever reason. Yeah, on, on social media, like when some people are talking, you can kind of just see like who's like kind of PC, who's trying to like piss people off, and some people are just trying to say what the fuck they want to say, and oh, that's yeah, fucking yeah. Mark Gould right there. Oh and my like, god! Oh yeah, he was he was uh yeah. when I when I came back in the, my literary half of my undergrad, he became the. Is the chair? He was the chair. Yep, the that's chair. why I was his assistant. Right, right, right. I, sh I should have been an assistant in the first place. Those are rules that were supposed to be a grad student. I'm an <laughs> undergrad. It just shows you where this whole thing was going. <laughs> but he's always he's always been so real with me. I, I remember I came back from uh, I did like a year in London, and I came back. I had to do like my, my jury I missed, and I was just like, uh, I didn't really prepare. Because I, mean, I I can I get like I need like an extra week. He's like, you just have a whole year. Why should you have an extra week? I was like, ah. Cause I couldn't find a piano, so I was trying to make an excuse to get out of this thing. And he always just kept it so real with me, like, mm -hmm. nah. Yeah, it was you awesome. Know? <laughs> so that was always nice, you know? Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, and if you keep close to family, that's the other part about the whole thing. Like, that keeps you, like, stable. So, like, like Audrey is out with Columbus, and it's like her, and so I'm watching the kids... You know, mother-in-law's at home right now. I put them asleep. Yeah, I, say, <laughs> I, I, I put them asleep. Mother-in-law's at home asleep. And and she's always covering me so many times. And now I'm covering her this whole week for seven days. I'll be up with the baby and everything all night tonight. You know, but so she can go play with this orchestra and, and have, you know, this time she needs to work on stuff. But she's always done that for me as well. You know what I mean? We've always been there to cover for each other. You know, so finding people... To have that relationship where you can cover for each other, you uh, know. We, we, yeah, we were talking about this actually the last episode, uh, and like a master alliance, you mm -hmm. know, like when you have an alliance like that, it's like <laughs> master alliance. So we back. No, for real, not. like we have we got an alliance like that. It's like hard. It's harder to fail. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, man. You know, but yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. No, but uh, Steve, I want to thank you for coming on this. And taking the time out of your day, take take a yeah. take a time away from your kids, man. Yeah, and like uh, to 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 give us like a couple moments to to get this information out of you because I definitely learned a lot. The thing that most surprised me today was uh, the the first opening couple opening statements with uh, I thought it was for all veterans, which it is, but like mm -hmm. you're specifying and the ones that really well, that's the mission. Yeah, that's you know the mission. You know, we want all veterans, but the so, we want to go to the veterans who need the most, the guys who can't go outside. Typically, we're in a fucking post office. Who wants to do that? You know, it sucks. And then like the way that you like you, you you'd rather earn the money than get the the grants. You know, and that's some that's some ballsy shit, man. So it's like some mm -hmm. fucking like real respectable shit, man. Like, Thanks, man. Cause that's taking a chance, man. And like. <sighs> And you got to take chances. Scared money don't make no money. Yeah, but the only yeah, reason I could do that is because people, like, I've gotten so many breaks from people, from TJ and everyone else, <laughs> who are like, oh, I don't have money to pay you right this second. I can pay you, like, in, like, in like two more weeks, you know. But that's and they'll give me that time. Because that's because of your but, that's cause of your personality, though. Same. You know, that, but that's the only same. reason why. Because people are so, like, they give me so many breaks. I can keep screwing stuff up, and they keep covering for me. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because everybody thinks you're worth it. <laughs> those yeah, no, those are the good nuts. ones. But I want to thank you. Do, do, uh, you should tell the people what's going on with your uh, 
Yeah, your social media. Social media, yeah. Where can people donate? Where can find you? Check out. Yeah, so we're at Patriot Brass Org. You Google us, Patriot Brass Ensemble, make a donation. Um, we're all over the country doing all kinds of cool stuff. We can do a concert by you guys. You can sponsor a concert if you want. $500, uh, $2,000. Whatever, man. It, it, it all got. goes because we have money coming in for an income. You can buy in those two. It works. Hey, make it make it, make it, it work. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well. All right. Bravo, man. Great to meet you. Yeah, it's yeah. good to meet you guys. Yeah, <laughs> Another good one. All right. Till next right. time, y'all. See Peace, Madison Cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that's Steve Banky. That's Patriot Brass. That's the captain. That's the chief. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, very enthusiastic, really sweet guy, really nice guy. Somebody that understands what's going on. Saying a lot of people see what's going on like the bullshit, like they don't see, like they're blind and shit. But it's right in front of your face, and he gives it to you. And and this is beautiful as a musician. He's providing jobs to other musicians. He knows the struggle out here for a freelancer. But yeah, uh, I really appreciate what he does for us, and I hope you guys understand the medicine he was putting out, and I hope you got your dose. But uh, yeah, the featured artist for this episode is uh, Chris Carr, saying, to be honest, I haven't sent him the email yet to ask him if I can do this shit, if I can even use this shit, but uh, yeah, he's a photographer. He'll be taking some body positive, uh, body positivity photos. Yeah, I guess that's how you would describe him, I guess, maybe. But, uh, yeah, he really goes for it, saying, like, uh, uh, everybody takes a picture of he. I feel he he makes him look, uh, yeah, they look sexy. Saying, like, I, I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how to sugarcoat it. But, yeah, everybody looks good. But he, he, he finds a way to pull that out. And, like, you know, a good wedding photographer, you know, he makes, gets the, catches those good smiles and, the family and moms and whatnot. He brings out that other shit. Yeah, that's what he's doing over there. But uh, yeah, I think he's incredible. His his photos are very powerful. Saying like it feels like a moment when you're looking at the shit. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Saying I hope you enjoy. Well, I know you enjoyed the episode. All right, I'll see you at the next one. All right, uh, stay medicated. Make have pot. Follow us on all the handles, and hit that subscribe button. Stop playing. All right.